music's too and has a platter of goodies to play today. Here's a man to Thank you very, very much, Artie Wayne, Starlighters, Lee Tony, I have and Company, and a very happy day to you, one and all. We're gathered once again here in our friendly Palm Friends studios, but not for long. I'm going back out to Mel Lewis's house, and we're going to pick up that conversation with he and Thad Jones where we left off the other day, because uh, they have a limit of kind enough to uh, invite us back out to continue our chat. And we're going to play some more of the fine things on Solid State that they have done from two separate sets, one which is just... Uh, Thad Jones and Mel Lewis and the Jazz Orchestra, and the other is the same gang presented live at the Village Vanguard. Both of these albums, of course, are on solid state. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, in case you missed today's show, I signed off by uh, swinging their names backwards the other day, and uh, in ca- I hope no clowns took me seriously on that. I do know who they both are, and they're old friends. Mel and I have been friends for some... Uh, 20 years almost, and uh, Thad and I, I knew, I think I knew Thad uh, before he knew Hank, and Hank's his brother. <laughs> anyway, here they are, and uh, once around shall we have at it, and then we will journey to North Hollywood with our magic portables. <laughs> Thank you. 
Sad, we haven't had a, a chance to get into uh, your background particularly here. Where, uh, where did it all start for you? Well, it started with, a, with an old con trumpet mm -hmm. that was given to me by my uncle, who incidentally was a band leader. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the band at the time was my brother Hank mm -hmm. and uh, another brother combo, the Murphys, George mm -hmm. and Eddie. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not our senator. No, no, let's hope, let's hope not. He doesn't, he doesn't dance, huh? I don't, no, I don't think he played either. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. And it was, uh, well, actually, it was a sort of a family organization. Uh -huh. We called it the the Arcadia Club Band. Mm -hmm. And as I as I mentioned before, my my uncle was a band leader, and he gave and he also was a trumpet player. He gave me my first trumpet. Mm -hmm. It was a horn, uh, an old beat-up con that to me looked to be the most beautiful horn in the world mm -hmm. because I, I had made up my mind that I, that I wanted to play trumpet. This was a horn for me. And when I got this horn, you know, I, I tucked it under my arm. There was no case attached. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I, I was going to junior high school at the time, uh -huh. so uh, no case. It was in the winter, and I used to wrap it in newspaper. Mm -hmm. And uh, put it in a paper, one of these brown paper bags, yeah. and take it to school up under my arm, you know. And uh, and and it just so happened that that the band class was the first class that I had in the day, so I had to sit down while the rest of the band was on stage. I had to sit out in the auditorium and, and warm and let the horn on thaw. Yeah, <laughs> before I could play it, the valves the valves would be frozen. <laughs> so I'd have, I'd have to sit out there, and the band the band instructor would always turn around and say, "Is it ready yet?" <laughs> oh, beautiful! You know, I mean, I loved the horn so much. You know, I was never embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. I thought it I thought it was great, and I thought it was very understanding of the band uh, conductor. You know, to to take that much time and. Uh, it, it you know it turned it developed into a thing. Eventually, eventually I got a much better horn, of course, mm -hmm. you know. But I'll always remember that one. No, that's that was my horn. Mm -hmm. That started it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. What do you think of that forty-five uh, degree angle thing that Diz uses, and Joe Bushkin when he gets up of his piano? Well, they say that you know the expression goes, uh, uh, <clears throat> "Things said in jest." Mm -hmm. You know, I think uh, Dizzy. There was an accident. This horn was stepped on off, off, mm -hmm. it had fallen off the stand or something, and it was bent in that direction accidentally. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, it was such a, 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 a merry-making type mm -hmm. thing to people watching, until they, you know, they enjoyed it so much watching this horn. But and he, incidentally, he played it. Mm -hmm. He played it, and uh, they they were having so much fun watching him play until he had a he he had a horn design like that, right? And uh, and and it's been going, and I love I love it. I love it. I would I would think I would think it doesn't detract from the sound at all. No, but I, I would think that as a as a player, mm -hmm. uh, it sure would be a lot easier to be able to keep your elbows down uh -huh. uh, at your side, and also it would make it an awful lot easier to read a part. Well, you know, you, you know, can and, and look plus, at the girls at yeah, the same time, and you can hear, and, and you can hear, and you can also hear what you're doing a little bit better. Can you? Oh, yeah. Now that's something I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you know the horn, <clears throat> the horn angle is pointed up. If right, it's pointed about away from you, it's gone. It's, it's gone, gone that way immediately. Mm -hmm. The horn is pointed up, and and the, and the bell, the the contour of the bell, mm -hmm. it, it, it permits the sound to spread. 
as it comes out of the mm. heart. So some of it will be coming back to you. No, that that's uh, that's a good observation. That's something I hadn't thought of. And I think I think uh, well, dizzy. I'm sure you know, like mm -hmm. that accident may have been on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. possible. But I, yeah. I, I would think that just from the arm standpoint, it would uh, where I one that was having to hang up there and hold that horn up all yeah, night. Yeah. That uh, would kind of throw me. It would, you know, because <laughs> you know, I, and you find that especially true in marching bands, you know, especially when they have these long parades mm -hmm. and the guy you see the trumpet. I, I really, I really feel sorry for the trumpet player that mm -hmm. to stand and hold that horn at yeah. at at a. 90 degree angle to the ground at all times, you know. Well, Otherwise, never, you'll never be heard. Susan never made a record. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Thad Jones and Mel Lewis have, and uh, take a listen here. By the way, this is a great old uh, composition done by Thomas Fats Waller. It's called Willow Tree. Not Willow Weep for me now, Willow Tree. Thank you. 
special guests are, of course, Mr. Mel Lewis, Mr. Thad Jones, two most excellent musicians who have made a lot of good sounds. What are you? You guys are kind of headquartered in New York, uh, and uh, Mel's home basically is out here. But uh, what is this bit with the hard school jazz type thing that they talk about out of New York? And some of it I've heard, and. Uh, I can't explain it, and I can read a score, but uh, there's a lot of other people who I really appreciate can't e- explain it. And uh, the West Coast jazz, is there is there really something to that? Definitely, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it has to do with, uh, and I think Mel will agree with me, it's a, there's a certain living, uh, an area of living. It's very relaxed on the west coast and then but back east and it, it could be due to the weather we, uh, you know mm-hmm. we haven't really pinned it down yet <clears throat> what actually is the uh, the motivating factor behind this this particular sound as mm-hmm. you know like east as opposed to west but I, I, I like to I like to think of it as being weather yeah out here mm-hmm. you know out here on the west coast the weather is very constant you know and you and you have you you don't have seasons. Uh, back east, uh, the weather changes from season to season, and there's no telling what you might have to come up with. You have to improvise quite a bit. And uh, actually, it's, the pace must be faster. How many people listen listen who actually? Uh, and I've watched them. Uh, they're called sometimes uh, currently teeny boppers and uh, all kinds of wonderful names that they've coined for them, but who don't have an opinion, and they're afraid to say they don't like it or they don't understand it. Well, I think you said it. That's it. They say they don't have an opinion. Yeah, they don't have an opinion, but they, but they say, great, man, you know, or whatever. Groovy, well, that's, that's you know. Safe. That's safe. It's that's always, safe. It's always uh-huh. best to be safe. Uh-huh. But well, how much do you guys as musicians go along with some of that? Because some of it mystifies me totally. Well, I think, you know, I think, frankly, as far as musicians are concerned, if we like it, if we like it, mm-hmm. that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. I, think we, I think we have a tendency to feel that way. Uh, some people say it's wrong. Uh, but I think if, if we like it, uh, we'll, it doesn't really matter what they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like to hear, if you know it's good and somebody comes up to you that really doesn't know, but says, I really like that, mm-hmm. you feel, well, that's good, because I thought it was good, too. You might not mm-hmm. tell him that, but you'll, you'll feel good. you feel, well, he heard, he feels the way I feel, and uh, it, it reached him in some way. It was good. But sometimes when we know it was bad, mm-hmm. we know it was bad, and there's no getting around it. In other words, mutually, among ourselves, we know that something bad just happened, and you got five guys or ten guys or eighteen guys know that it was no good, Mm-hmm. And somebody comes along and says, "Gee, that was great." Mm-hmm. That really is a drag, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I'd I, I like to uh, get back to that previous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. You know about the east and west. You know, uh, it isn't really a question of east versus west. It's a <clears> question <throat> of what what uh, what what you like musically. You know, and yeah, uh, and uh, I was. Uh, Mel and I have, have sort of discussed this from time to time, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. right, he's 
he actually Mel got his start out here on the West Coast. Right. So you can't say that he's a West uh, he's a West Coaster, you know, because he's playing with an East Coast band. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's that there is really no no real real basic difference musically. Mm-hmm. There there really isn't, you know. And I think uh, uh, the East as opposed to West. It gets into a, 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 a sort of a bag that, that people should really stay out of, you know, because musicians, are, we're, we're still, you know, we're still right. musicians, oh, sure. and, and, and we're people, who right. live in, uh, well, we live in, we hurt, and we mm-hmm. do the whole no, thing. Well, everybody does it, I don't care what the heck you're doing. But I had a rather thrilling experience when Jazz Bo Collins was still back in New York, it was about, oh, a decade ago. And I was going through on my way to Europe to a meeting in the Scandinavian jazz clubs to which I belonged since about 36. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met a trumpet player who uh, I was with jazz, but went up to see uh, Les Elgard, who was rather new at the time. He had a fantastic new band because uh, there, there wasn't a piano in it. And this guy uh, came down, sat at the table for a minute, and... Uh, I asked him uh, how long he'd been blowing horn. He said, uh, "Oh, five years." And I said, uh, "I said, uh, you studying now?" And he said, "Studying, you know, like this." Mm-hmm. Well, now Bobby Hackett and I are kind of close friends, and uh, he's got to be in his late fifties, and he still takes a couple of lessons a week. And I kind of wondered about it. It's the guy that could that, that really shouldn't be playing triangle with the mm-hmm. band. That's very good. You know, I, I like the way you put that because we, well, you know, I guess, I guess there's going to be a lot of that going on anywhere, you know, at any time. And uh, but the incidents when when you when knowing the way you feel about something mm-hmm. and as, ser- as sincere as you are about it. And uh, to find that insincerity in somebody else is a little bit of a drag, and it's, it hurts you a little bit. But you know that you, but you still realize that there are so many other things out there, yeah. so many other people, and so many other good musicians who are really concerned with what they do, and and that that's what takes you over this hump. That's just mm. a little, uh, well, a little stone in the road, so to speak. Well, I think we're about to get over a hump right here, because uh, there's no problem with the gentleman to whom we're kind of discussing all these things, and it's sort of a, well, we actually, we were waiting for John Daly, and we're going to do a panel show, but uh, (laughs) we thought we ought to play a little music. Listening to, by the way, the Bill Stewart Show coming your way from the Hollywood studios of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. And of course, you're listening to the Jazz Orchestra with our special guests, or more correctly, we're their special guests out at the house. 
with uh, Mel Lewis and Thad Jones. Anything that uh, that both of you have been uh, thinking about that you'd like to do that you haven't uh, attempted yet? We have some music in the uh, in the library that that bears us out. We've been we've been thinking about playing some pieces with no solos involved. Right, just mm-hmm. just ensemble. Just right. ensemble, but different different nuances. Mm-hmm. You know, different combinations of horns together that that give give the give the uh, the, the orchestration the color. And, and the uh, you know the the different mm-hmm. the different uh, right. uh, well uh, actually it's in depth and uh, yes. right that that say give it give it the color that give it the color that the solos would normally give the uh, right. orchestration mm-hmm. fact, but the only, just ensemble right mm. and actually the only intensity or fire or, or movement would come from the rhythm mm-hmm. mm. well, the horns would sustain sounds and and uh, dy- you know the dynamics would go from and uh, the different horn combinations mm-hmm. and the only movement would come from the rhythm section mm-hmm. uh, as a matter of fact uh, th- this this is an awfully good idea because uh, the piece we have is fairly long too I only recall I th- Bill Holman did this with Stan Kenton a long time ago but what he did 
he wrote a thing called Theme and Variations. It was only three minutes long, you know. Mm -hmm. And actually, he just took a theme and built to a climax and went out. You know, there were no solos. It was just all ensemble with a little intersection play. Mm -hmm. There were no real color patterns and there was no real movement the rhythm displayed time and uh, mm -hmm. it was a very nice thing it was back any no it, okay. it, was, it was a nice idea because it was a change from everything else because Kenton always yeah. featured solos and all that but it, but it was short and it really uh, uh, but the thing we're talking about Mm -hmm. uh, goes in a lot of different directions. Well, the, uh, the ensemble thing, I, th I think, is a, is, a, is a great idea, of, uh, regardless of what kind of brass it is, because we uh, had some great success some years ago with a thing called the Trombones Incorporated, mm -hmm. not the Unlimited Group. I remember The right. Trombones Inc. Yes, I was on it. And uh, the Guitars Incorporated. I and things of this kind. I think, uh, sexually, uh, these things make some sense. They really do. You know, because, uh, you know, when, when you get a band together and, and you find find especially in the reed section all of the doubles mm -hmm. now each double if one man only one man picks up a different instrument in the reed section you have a different texture to that yeah. ensemble right. and you change the color of it you change mm -hmm. the flow of it yeah you know immediately and when you add the different doubles like uh, for instance in our reed section like uh, I'd say the, the, the least amount of doubles in the section would be about three wouldn't it right yeah, yeah, it'll be three, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, with with Jerome, uh, you know Jerome Richardson. Yeah, that's not I, too bad. Oh, listen. Oh he, no, no. He can he can go. That's sort of a you know. Oh, he Phil can, was mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, can, he can work. He can work with a with quite a few horns. Oh, yeah, he's and, a beautiful oh, man. Yeah, right. Man. So we have yeah. yeah with him alone we can mm -hmm. go in five or six directions. Yeah. 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 Well, let's see how many directions we can go in. Can we? Why not? You want to experiment a little here? Why not? Sure. After all, you set it down, you got to live with it. <laughs> we're not going to put ready. it down, we just we're set ready. it down. You're ready. We're ready. Okay, we're going to take a little time out here and sip some coffee or whatever else we can dig.
Tell me a little bit, Mel, about that uh, trip that you made for the State Department with Benny. Uh, that had to be a very interesting trip because old titterpipes, I think, went with you. Mm-hmm. My old friend from the Air Force Band, uh, Tommy Newsom. Tommy Newsom, yeah. Yeah. Used to go to school with uh, an itinerant guitar player named Charlie Bird. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, with that, we had the album on there. We had the new one on there called, that we played over there called Titterpipes that yeah. Tommy wrote. That's what they used to call saxophone. Yeah, they featured two very good titter pipe players in there. <laughs> Zoot Sims and Phil Woods. Yeah. Well, that was been on a solo occasion. That was quite a trip. Uh-huh. Uh, I was, uh, of course, at the time I was living on the coast, uh-huh. and I think uh, Victor Feldman and I were the, the only people from the coast uh-huh. that made the trip. Everybody was from New York. And uh, how do you get clearance? He's from England. <laughs> well, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's an American citizen now. He sure is. I and. The main thing about the trip was uh, the fact that uh, we were really we were the first American jazz musicians mm-hmm. to play over there. Not really. I mean, uh, Willie Ruff had been over there. The Dwight oh yeah, Satch had been there. But, and, but they had know. been. No, he came afterwards. Did he come afterwards? Yeah, we. But For we, his we, first we, trip. Right. But we were hmm. the first. We were the first uh, American musicians or American uh, American jazz musicians, I should say, mm-hmm. to uh, be allowed to go over there, and so uh, the reception. The curiosity, everything from the people uh-huh. there, uh, was just tremendous. Yeah. Uh, uh, the drummers, for instance, like just the way they came up after each concert and just stood mm-hmm. around my drum set and looked yeah. at it, as they never saw anything like it. They just don't have things like that yeah. over there. The symbols, the sticks, right. the, the simple little things I brought over. I, I made a point, as a matter of fact, I brought plenty of brushes and sticks over there mm-hmm. and some drum heads. Believe it or not, I couldn't give away too many drum heads because their drums were all homemade and they wouldn't fit anything. Mm. Occasionally, somebody happened to pick up an old had an old shell from that was an old American drum that they might have picked up through Finland or yeah. one of those countries where they, a ship came through and they were mm-hmm. able to make a trade with somebody. Yeah. So they had a drum. And I'd say, here, here's a drum head for it. Give them a plastic mm-hmm. drum head, which would last them a long time. What they called a drum head over there, they called it leather, and it was it mm. was just like leather. And uh, it was interesting meeting the musicians over there and. Uh, meeting the people. Yeah. We learned an awful lot about the country. I learned enough that when uh, the Bay of Pigs thing took place over mm-hmm. here and everybody was panicked, I just told my wife, I said, don't worry, Doris, there's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people, they are not going to go to war with us. There's nothing to worry about. They are people just like we are. Mm-hmm. Only thing is, they have been told that we are monsters just like we have been told they are monsters. Mm-hmm. And so we found out they are not monsters, and they found out we are not monsters. Well, I don't think individuals in any country are. Of course not, you no. know. And uh, the main thing we went there was to entertain them, and entertain them we did. Yeah. Did you find, uh, let me ask one question, did you find that, for instance, uh, playing in Moscow itself, which is uh, like playing in Washington, D.C., if you were playing right. here, uh, was a little more stilted than playing in the province? Oh, yes, they call yes. It? Uh, Moscow was mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. It started out cold anyway. It yeah. got hot after a while. Uh, yeah. uh, the first several concerts, uh, the dignitaries showed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were prepared to not like it. And, of course, the other people that were there at the same time, they were were afraid. They seemed mm-hmm. quite afraid to uh, show any enthusiasm unless the dignitaries did. For instance, Khrushchev coming to the first concert. Right. And when we'd finish a number, there'd be a silence. And everybody mm-hmm. would turn their heads and look over at him. And he would start to applaud, 
very slowly. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, he was then, kind of a lethargic man. Right. And then yeah. everybody would then start to clap, and it was a little half-hearted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, when Joya Cheryl, the girl singer, came out, mm -hmm. who was a very shapely girl... She has curves like the Volga between was, Pinsk and Minsk. Right. And, and, here, and, here, and here was a... Here we had here, here we had an American Negro girl mm -hmm. in this band came out. I don't think the women could believe that they had heard that Negroes were all very poor and uh, mm -hmm. in America and had nothing and uh, could never she could never have what she had. She came out mm -hmm. wearing beautiful gowns, which she Manny of Carter used to wear those in '36 in Paris. Paris. Beautiful gowns. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this was sort of a surprise to them to see such yeah. a beautiful girl who could sing had a mm -hmm. marvelous personality come out and dressed. Beautifully, mm -hmm. and uh, it's funny. Khrushchev clapped very hard and enthusiastic, like mm -hmm. any man would, and everybody tore and that tore mm -hmm. the house down. That was the first time we started to move. Mm -hmm. Then, at the intermission point, he left, mm -hmm. along with Mr. McCoy, and they mm -hmm. left. And from then on, mm -hmm. the applause was good and hearty, hail and hearty after the big shot. In other words, people, people, people once again uh, were were in a position to uh, say what they thought. Right, and uh, mm -hmm. matter of fact, I was, I was just talking about Joy and about the. The American Negro girl, she was questioned about it, and she says, "No, it's not quite all that bad with everybody. Mm -hmm. It's bad enough." Yeah, and you know, and they, and uh, what a lot of what you hear is true, mm -hmm. and there's no sense in hiding it. Well, it is she anywhere. Says, but she says, "I did have the. There is opportunities, yeah. and I took advantage of mine." Mm -hmm. And uh, things are, things are slowly, very slowly improving, and someday everybody will have it. What if? What about you? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, we've always yeah. dropped it. Uh, how about you? We yeah. hear things, and funny bit is, we see them. Mm -hmm. And we saw them. Uh, I always think that there's a great line to come back with there. The, surely there are, you know, people in your country of whom you're not proud. Of course. <laughs> and that yeah. can usually stop most any conversation that they want to start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, it's a great uh, line to remember. But uh, anywhere, yeah, no matter what they try mm -hmm. to hit us with, uh, yeah. they hit on many true things. And I'll tell you, nobody could tell me to, to lie to them. Mm -hmm. I told them the truth. When they came up with something that I know was true, I'm sorry, I have to be honest about it. Oh, sure. And because be. no sense hiding it. But on the other hand, I demanded the truth from them, too. Mm -hmm. And when they tried to lay some little phony thing on me, uh, which they're in the habit of doing, some of them, I just yeah. said, now, come on. I'm not blind. <laughs> I'm here yeah. now. They and don't I write things in, uh, And then know. finally they'd come around, and you'd find, but you'd always, I'll tell you, you found the honest man mm -hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. They are not that there. You find, in fact, you find most of them were. They were lovely people, I think though. the average guy in any country is pretty honest. Uh, you know, the only thing I'll have to admit, though. and I'll have to say, though, mm -hmm. is that I, I don't think, uh, I really feel, even though I made the trip, and I was very happy to make the trip, yeah. and I'm glad that Benny Goodman asked me to go, uh -huh. but I really agree with a lot of things. I'm, I'm not looking for to be put down or to mm -hmm. put him down, but I really don't think he was the right man to go over there first. I think Duke Ellington mm -hmm. should have gone first. Yeah, well, well, maybe, uh, maybe something like that is, is fine, but didn't you find, though, the farther away you got from Moscow, the better the reception would have been? Oh, of course. Well, that, that, that explains that. But I, I think that, uh, I just feel that a man like Duke or Dizzy Gillespie or, uh, or Woody Herman mm -hmm. or Stan Kenton would have done more for us mm -hmm. As a uh, as a country, I mean, they would they mm -hmm. personally would have handled the whole situation as ambassadors of goodwill, more like an ambassador of goodwill yeah. should. Well, there's one thing about Woody, of course, they won't yeah. let him go because most of his band stays, yeah. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> half of them are in Sweden. But the nice thing about it is that uh, Thad and Mel keep their group pretty well intact, and they sound uh, 
like this. I hope someday that this band could go over there. Uh huh. This I know. I think this band would prove an awful lot in the way of uh, what what can happen in America. You know. I well, think what the, what will happen? You know, what does what, in, in what, certain cases? What can and will and uh, and but what can Things and will have been yeah, happening right. for years and yeah. isn't about you know, to stop as long as, as long as you got the talent uh, and, the, and the direction. Just more of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, just make it make it complete. That's, That's it. Well, let's uh, complete something here, because if we don't, Thad's uh, ass cap is going to go down. <laughs> jazz sounds of Thad Jones and Mel Lewis. And a most interesting discussion about this point, by the way, while we're out at the house, of course, the the mother of Mr. Mel Lewis was cooking dinner, and dinner was ready. So we ended the discussion. They had dinner, and I hope you enjoyed it all. I thought it was uh, rather enlightening. Bill Stewart, thanking you all for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow. The good Lord willing, the creeks don't rise. Till we meet again now, keep your powder dry. Do not blow your cool. And remember, this is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>